Welcome to episode five of the Emerald Gem. My name is Sean from Balcony Bridge. I'm here with Hannah Duckworth. We would like to thank Max for shooting this today so we can give some awesome video here at Cafe Racer. Big thanks to Jeff and Jody for having us, trusting us with this space. Hopefully we don't burn it down. They did say go crazy, so we might go crazy. <laughs> oh, Hannah, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> thanks for having me. What's up? <laughs> Um, so it's kind of interesting because I think like I've talked to you a few times over Instagram and we've been following each other for a little bit, but we've actually never met. So right. it's nice to meet you and I've definitely seen you around the scene and I saw your show at Numos for Girls Who Indie Sick. and that was awesome. That was a huge turnout and I'm kind of nervous because we're playing a show at Numos and I'm like, we got to get the people out, man. What's going to happen? Yeah, I'm but sure it's going to be great. Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to just be a time to have a good time anyway um it'll be fun it's a good place it is yeah that that venue is really cool i love the lights i love the <laughs> sorry i gotta adapt to that there's like this camera in my face hello I know. world I know. <laughs> um but anyway um but yeah thanks for being here um i was listening to your music today and i saw that you've actually released quite a few songs this year like a couple eps and then I was reading your Spotify bio and it said that there's another EP coming out in 2024. Yes. Uh, so I've dropped a couple singles this year. Right. And my first EP will be out in March of 2024. Okay, um, okay dope. How I'm many really songs are going to be on that EP? Six, maybe seven, if I add an acoustic demo on the end of it. Damn, that just sounds like an TV. album. Yeah, but it's not. It's okay. an EP. <laughs> you know, you know, like you can't just like come out in the world with an album of seven songs. It's going to yeah. be. Yeah, I guess maybe eight is like the bare minimum. Right. We came out with an album, uh, and it was ten songs. Um, yeah, no, that's an album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ten, ten, ten is better than eight. That's album me. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, so I know that you like, well, your music is pop punk. Mm. So I imagine you grew up listening to pop punk. For uh, sure. My first band ever was a Blink-182 cover band. Okay. So I've got some roots in the pop punk stuff, and there's definitely some of my guitar playing that bleeds into like Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. Nice. Um, nice. But so you wear it like real low? Uh, no, not no? anymore. No. <laughs> uh, I used to, but um, yeah, as I got older, I started getting into more like blues guitar. Gotcha. And you gotta like bring it up a little so you can yeah. like, really dig so in. So you can actually play notes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try, try to like focus a little bit more. Um, but yeah, who are some of your influences that have helped you become who you are? Oh my gosh. Um, definitely a lot of pop punk influences. Definitely a lot of like alternative rock influences. I I saw that really on your post today. You did a Limp Biscuit song on there. Oh right? yeah, I did. I Dude, did. I was like, holy it's shit. my way, my way or the highway. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so I grew up in Florida and I was like raised on the radio and a huge part of my life growing up was alternative radio. Um, so a lot of like alternative rock, pop punk, what people might consider butt rock. Butt rock? Uh, Wait, yes, what's a butt you know, rock like song? Like Papa Roach. Papa or, Roach. Um, you remember P.O.D.? Like, yeah, P.O.D. Or, you know, like that type of stuff. Like uh -huh. I grew up in like, I was into it. Like who wasn't? Wait, you know, how old Nickelback. Are you? Uh, I will. Ooh, Your birthday's how, coming how up. How old do you think I, may, I am? You're probably going to be 27. 
guess again. Up or down? Not telling. Ah. Uh, Awkward. You're definitely not 30. You gonna be 25? No. You gonna be 28? No. You gonna be 29? No. No way. Are you in your 30s? No. Are you going to be 23? How fucking yes. old are you? No, I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I turn 30 next week. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Yeah. Big real. Oh, I'm like, I'm blushing for those who can't see. Oh my God. I'm. <laughs> oh, they're going to see. They're going to see. I know. <laughs> they're going to see. But yeah, I, uh, I turn 30 next week. Okay. So congratulations. Any thanks. plans? Um, yeah, I'm going to Paris. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I was in London for my birthday last year. Dude, I love London. I'm actually making like a one, a two-day pit stop in London on the way. But um, When do you leave? Monday. Monday? Yeah. On my birthday? Yeah. Where are you going? London <laughs> You're going Paris. to London on my birthday? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> London's like my favorite place. If I could live there, I would. I Dude, just, like, I was I saying the same thing. It. I love it. Um, it's amazing. I spent a lot of time in New York City. I even lived there a little bit. And I... London tops it all the way. Like, I love London. It's um, so charming and, like, the little narrow streets and there's so much to do. Yeah, yeah. And I it's like, an international I don't know. I like city. the food. I like the style. I like the layout of the city. It's big. Yeah. There's so many neighborhoods. You can just um, walk everywhere. Take the tube. Yeah, and it's like L.A. but New York, you know? How it's, like, Ooh. big and there's, you yeah. know, it's vast. Mm -hmm. um, but there's the subway and or yeah the tube it's metropolitan and yeah and there's like it's big city and i just i like it i think all the neighborhoods are so cool um but anyway yeah i turn 30 next week which is yeah, yeah, a yeah. thing <laughs> and so i did i grew up on a lot of like really early taking back sunday green day fallout boy paramore um the starting line all american rejects um, grew up on a lot of alternative radio and I also just loved country music. No way. So I, I was <laughs> super into country music. Like my first ever crush was George Strait. Oh, okay. Um, my mom and dad had like tour t-shirts with George Strait's face on it. Oh, and I was like cool. obsessed with him when I was like two years old. That's a core memory right there. Yeah. And, um, I was like super into Garth Brooks, Patsy Cline. I don't know if you've heard of Patsy Cline, but she's like super old school country. Um, and then my first like music love was the Dixie Chicks. Okay. So they were and still are a big influence. But, uh, you know, as I grew up, I got really into more pop punk. Um, I stayed in the country a little bit, but um, just got more into rock and stuff. And when did and you I start mean, playing guitar? I started learning guitar. I taught myself when I was 15 and I really, really, really wanted to learn how to play Fearless by Taylor Swift. Okay. And that's all I cared about. How's and that song I, it's a, uh, there's something about the way the street looks when it's just rain. There's a glow off the pavement. Walk me to the car and you know, I want to ask you to dance right there. Yeah. True ones will know. Um, yeah. Fuck. I don't know that song. <laughs> uh, it's Fearless. But, uh, it's a it's a D chord, a D A, E minor, G. And I did not learn anything else until I could play those four chords just like she did in this leaked acoustic video that had like leaked onto the internet that I was just obsessed with. Like I was obsessed with it. Um became super obsessed with Taylor Swift. I had to learn these four chords and I just like taught myself how to play chords and just kinda kinda just like kept getting a little bit better at it um yeah. didn't put too much effort into it 
when I was in high school. I didn't, I was in like theater and stuff in, in middle school and when I was younger than that. And then in high school, I got like really into sports. And um, What sports did you play? I got really into running, cross running? country and track. Nice. And I tried soccer. I was so bad at it. Oh, I was like, fun though. it was fun. And all my friends played and all my friends were so good at it. So I was like, I have to play soccer. And I just got red cards every time I stepped on the field. Damn, were you angry? I, were you throwing elbows and tripping I, bitches? No, <laughs> I wasn't like meaning to, but yeah, I was like tackling people. Like oh, I couldn't, I couldn't like learn how to play without just totally fucking it up like i was just an embarrassment to have out there it's so bad you're trying right i was trying but it was just i was just like laying girls out left and right like, <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry breaking ankles and clavicles yeah. <laughs> oh my god and then i did break my ankle playing soccer really? which was Fuck. awful Damn. yeah and i was like i was like not not for me um but so i i didn't like do much in music i didn't play much music i enjoyed it but it wasn't a thing i really like let anybody know about i didn't like put a lot of effort into it really ever mm -hmm. um it was something i had in my back pocket for like when i was home alone but i didn't um yeah it wasn't like a people wouldn't have known that i was like a music person i mean i loved listening to music loved going to concerts but i wasn't like out playing music or anything um but i wanted to go to school to do something in music or at least like move somewhere where music was a thing and and i since moving you know to go to college and moving here and just meeting people and like living different places I've learned that some people have the high school experience where there's like kids and bands at their high school where music is like a big part of their culture where I went to high school there was like no bands we didn't have a music culture at all um so I was kind of looking at college as a way to like move somewhere where music existed yeah um because my family wasn't musical my friends weren't musical i didn't have like any insight into what music was all about so i decided to go to college in nashville Whoa. and wait what school uh, i went to vanderbilt oh okay far yeah out. and uh it was very um i actually started at belmont for a semester uh because music I, school yeah because i wanted to like get into music not to play music, but I want to do music business. And I got there and I hated it so much. Like I've erased it from my memory. Um, when I think about where I went to school, I don't even like think about starting there. Yeah. Uh, there are some things I liked about some really cool people I met. One of my best, best friends I met there. But um, yeah, besides that, I, I fucking hated it. And I was <laughs> like, this is not for me. Like yeah. music industry is not for me. It was at a time when um, it was a really interesting time to move to Nashville everyone had just became super negative about record labels and what i wanted to do was like work at a record label gotcha but streaming had just kind of become like super popular taking off, yeah. yeah and everyone was like oh record labels suck you're not going to need one anymore like social right. media was just starting to pop off like oh, i think yeah. that's like the year that instagram did video became like a thing in our lives yeah um and so it just all seemed really negative i was like this isn't for me I'm really good at business. I'm going to go to business school and like peace. I don't know. Like just it's not for me. Right. And um, I spent all of my years up until last year like that, not doing anything in music, uh, not ever expecting to. Um, but in the back of my mind, I always was like, I want to be a rock star, I think. Fuck yeah. And so <laughs> I had started writing songs um, 
like sometime a little bit before last year and I was just like oh I like these uh and what really drove me to was I felt like there aren't or weren't a lot of female musicians making the music that I wanted to hear which is like somewhere between pop punk and some sort of like indie rock pop that just Mm. like goes a little bit harder like i love phoebe bridgers but like i want it to like go harder i love soccer mommy but i want like more distorted guitar um or i love like so much paramore but maybe it could be more pop like there's just like nothing to me that was like in the middle Mm -hmm. um or like taylor swift but with distortion yeah um and i was like that's that's what i want to do now and uh yeah so here i am Rock and roll, being a full-on rock star in Seattle. Yeah, just want to be a rock star. So what if else I got, could you want? So from what you were just saying, does that mean that you, like, okay, you went to college, and you're like, okay, actually, fuck this. Like, well, fuck, like, being in the music industry as a business person, blah, blah, blah. And then you just kind of took a hiatus from music, and then last year you picked it back up, yeah. wrote some songs, and then now you're playing, like, some of the biggest stages in Seattle. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that is incredible. That it's is been so fun. Cool. It's been fun. Hell yeah. That is awesome. And I was listening to your music today. It's good. Thanks. And um, I'm, I'm also impressed with like the production value of it. So uh, I'm kind of curious like what your process has been to produce these songs. Yeah, I've actually had like the coolest experience ever um, with these songs. Uh, so three of the songs on Spotify and all of the songs on the upcoming EP were produced by Aaron Gillespie of Under Oath. Okay. Um, so he's the like drummer and main songwriter for Under Oath and uh, The Almost, which is his own band. Um, and like that to me is a dream come true. Like when I was in high school, um, Under Oath was really, really big, especially since they were from the Tampa Bay area. Um, and I, and you're, I, I so grew you're up, from Tampa? Yeah, I grew up in the okay, Tampa Bay nice. area as well. And, um, you know, Under Oath was the shit and still are the shit and uh i had this like joke in my head that if i ever had a band at some point in my life i would want aaron gillespie to be the drummer because he's my favorite drummer let's go um has he drummed in your band so he produced my music and drummed <laughs> yeah. on all the songs oh dude fuck so yeah. and like we went i went to nashville to work with him a couple months ago and i'm going back in march to do another set of songs and to write some songs together how'd you get connected with him uh i actually cold dm'd him on instagram hell yeah uh something like really stupid i so i i sent him a demo of it was like the first like full band demo that i had made Mm -hmm. i was really proud of it um and i just wanted someone to like drum on it like to have like real drums on it and uh you know i was just like oh if there was anyone that would really do this song justice it would be aaron gillespie um and I followed him on Instagram and stuff and like he had posted some picture of drums, I think, on his story and I replied to it and was like, Would you ever drum on this? Like something stupid like that and like yeah. linked like a SoundCloud link of my demo of a song called All Alone, which is gonna come out in January. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he responded like that night and was like, Maybe and I was like, What does <laughs> that mean? Is this even real? Yes, is this no, even this his is a account? Inquiry. <laughs> uh and um so I was like, oh, what? Like, this is like, what do I do? Because um, I was like, no way. No way did he actually like see this and like listen yeah. to it. Um, it's something special. Like when you DM somebody that you're very 
that, that you admire yeah. or you make a comment and they even just like the comment and you're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And so I, um, you, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd love for you to drum on this and okay, like, just like, let me know what you need to like drum on this song. Right. And he was like, oh, well, you know, usually people don't just like drum on like one song. Um, do you have other songs that you're working on? Mm -hmm. Like, what what's your plan? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm trying to make an EP. I don't know. Um, and he was like, well, let's let's talk about it. And uh, send me his phone number. And I was like, whoa, what? Like, this is wild. Um, is this really going to happen? And uh, we ended up talking. And was this all this year? Yeah, this oh, wow. was um, like back in February. Okay, cool. So we ended up talking on the phone for like an hour about, you know, what I was trying to do. And I had like just started playing music too, you know. Um, I had done like two kind of self-produced with friends, uh, two songs, but that was it. And I had played like three shows ever. Um, and I was talking to like this super successful musician about producing my music. And then like basically we had this conversation, came out of it and he was like, I'm going to produce your EP. Let's do it. Fuck yeah. So we started working on it remotely. Um, Under Oath had a couple of tours through the year. So we did a few songs remotely. And then once that was all wrapped up, we did ha the other half of the EP in person in Nashville in September which was like really, really cool. So is this all the stuff that you've released this year or is this the, the seven, eight songs that are coming out in 2024? Uh, half and half. So three half of them half, are okay. out currently and then the right. rest will be out in March. Well, I'll have two singles and then the full thing. You just released like a holiday song? Yeah, right? yeah. So that Dylan one I actually did. Yeah, that one was like self-produced. Okay, um, no way. Yeah, and then Dylan and my band, Dylan and I produced that. Is Dylan your guitar player? Okay, yeah, so I have two guitar players, Dylan and Matt. Mm -hmm. So Dylan and Matt played guitar on that holiday single. And what is it called? Uh, You'll Shoot Your Eye Out. You'll it's Shoot cover, Your Eye Out, yeah. Yeah, like it's the a cover Christmas of Fall Out Boy's song. Um, and uh, yeah, we self-produced that. Um, we got to record it at Robert Lang Studios uh, through nice. this like Battle of the Bands competition that we did, Wait, which was cool. So like you guys entered a competition, you won, and then you got to record at Robert Lang Studios? We didn't even win. Oh, okay. Robert just called me but up he and he like, was like, I love your music. Will you just dude, come? And because he was like a judge. Yeah, yeah. No, it was so nice. He was like, I love your music. I'd love to have you in the studio. And I had just finished this whole EP, like just finished it. And I was like, oh no, like I have to take this. I have to take him up on yeah. this. Um, but what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I do have this break and music coming out. I should do a Christmas song because that would be like really fun. Yeah, perfect. And like no female has ever covered this Fall Out Boy song. It should be me because it's my favorite Christmas song. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we covered You'll Shoot Your Eye Out and uh, self-produced, self-mixed. And uh, it was fun. And I'm glad you think it sounds good. Yeah, well, actually, I didn't listen to that one oh, today. Oh, well, it, it sounds <laughs> good. I've been told it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but I will listen to it. <laughs> Maybe I'll be wearing this nice little hat. Yeah. Um, no, but that is so far from what I'm hearing from you. It sounds like you're having like a dream arc right now. It's been you know? cool. It's been cool. Yeah. Like, it's kind of cool. Have you found your way back to music and it's been very rewarding and yeah. giving like the universe has been, I think, giving you a lot of positive signs that this is something that you not only can do but should be doing um so if not you just got to create them <laughs> yeah exactly you gotta you gotta hustle and grind um but one thing that also stood out to me about you uh, like just watching from afar is like it looks like you're very much doing all of the work 
you know, like yeah. you post on Instagram a lot and you post very interesting and engaging content. Like whenever Good you're just know. trying to like guess the <laughs> song lyrics for those pop yeah. punk songs, it was fun because I felt like I could actually participate in it because I was like, oh, I'll play this game too. And then I was like, oh. That's so fun. I, I was just songs. I was just singing today that I need to do that again. So okay, I need to do that. You again. should. It's yeah. engaging. You get the best backdrop with that view yeah. right there. You know. So yeah, you've got you've got a you've got the tools at hand. You know, and, and you're doing some cool stuff on your page. So yeah, I would definitely keep it up because there's it definitely allows your audience to like engage with it. Thank so, you. I appreciate that. So you are now like solidified in your dream and your vision to be a rock star. Of course, yeah. There's no other road. No other road from here. It's Rockstar City, baby. Uh. <laughs> what, what does that look like to you? Like um, yesterday, I was talking to Henry Mansfield, and we were talking about like defining success and what we want, and um, we kind of had different ideas of that. <laughs> um, what, but it's totally valid. <laughs> but uh, I'm curious if maybe yours is more aligned with mine. So I'm just I got to know, like, yeah, what's your vision for a life in music? Now I'm scared to answer. Oh no, don't be scared. <laughs> like no, he, he was just like. He's like, oh, it'd be so nice, you know, to like just live within my means. I'm like, bro, I'm trying to like fuck off to Europe for weeks on end. <laughs> okay, so I'm maybe we are more yeah. similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. dude, rock star, <laughs> let's hear it. Let's no, hear it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely view myself as like a, a, a at baseline arena rock star. Let's like, go. If I'm not an Climb arena rock star, <laughs> like I don't know what I would be doing this for if I'm not an arena rock star. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really Gotta like. Gotta stay humble though. I'm a, humble, I'm a humble person, <laughs> but I, but I appreciate good business, you know? Um, and that's what we're, we're in a business. Yep. Um, but I, I like really, when I think about success, I envision, you know, playing in an arena and people holding their phones up, shining their phone flashlights at me and singing lyrics Hell that yeah. they connect with and relate with, with. And, uh, if that's sending me to Europe and, you know, Hell yeah. <laughs> if it's not because touring so fucking expensive and it's just getting me to the next tour, then maybe so be it. But um, I think that's like that's like my my success milestone. And then like from there, it can obviously be bigger. But um, I mean, Lumen Field, let's go. Yeah. Know. You know, Taylor yeah. Swift, Ed Sheeran. I remember um, I, was, stadium. Yeah. I was driving by the stadium during Ed Sheeran's concert and I rolled down the window and like the sheer sound of the crowd His was insane. His concerts look crazy. And it's kind of really hard to believe that he's like the most um, highest selling artist on these tours. Oh, yeah. The most highest selling artist uh or, or touring artist. I mean, I know that Taylor Swift's tour just <laughs> roasts like a billion dollars, which I'm I'm not surprised. But it's like Ed Sheeran was like in the background this whole time, mm-hmm. or I guess not to you know, a hundred thousand people a night, but to me in the background, um, absolutely killing it on tour for like years. And it's yeah. like whoa, like the Ed Sheeran that was, was singing the A Team, right? Like yeah. ten years ago, mm-hmm. like that's crazy. It's so it's possible. Good for him. I mean, yeah, actually, he's been doing this for a long time because me and my girlfriend were just riding in her car and she's like, what is the song that I like? And it was an Ed Sheeran song from 2011. Yeah. That's 13 years ago. Like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seems like all, like I feel the same way that you feel about Ed Sheeran with Taylor Swift. Like, when did she become this crazy sensation, like the biggest rock star in the world? Like, it, it kind of just blows my mind, like, uh, but yeah, she came out of nowhere for me. But yeah, I guess she's 
had this tornado brewing for a long time or this hurricane, whatever it is. Oh, definitely. Definitely a long time. Yeah. But um, but kudos to them and Coldplay. Those seem like the big That's three. another one where like, okay. They it's seem not, to like disappear. It's, it's yeah. not that I'm not a Coldplay fan, uh, but it's not that I am a Coldplay fan. Yeah. You know, I'm indifferent mm-hmm. about Coldplay. I like they're, some of their early they're stuff. They're great, right? I mean, everyone knows like their big songs, but um, they apparently have like really kick-ass concerts that oh, are. Oh, I'm sure, dude. Full, their production value is mean, Yeah. If you're charging like $300 a ticket or whatever, yeah. and then there's yeah 80,000 people at your show, right? Oh, but then but you have like Blink 182 that's also charging $380 a ticket, yes. and like probably little to no production value compared to Coldplay but people just fucking love Blink-182 and they will like spend all their money and go apeshit for Blink-182 and it's you know it's that's cool too yeah I mean yeah (laughs) I feel like kind of what I'm taking from what you're saying um how I'll put it in my own words is like Blink-182 is cashing the fuck out (laughs) you know (laughs) and probably uh, yeah but I mean also good for them good for them oh yeah you know why not Mark Hoppus had cancer and then they're like dude let's get the band back together and they're like yeah fuck it what are we doing you know yeah um but yeah yeah those Coldplay concerts look absolutely insane and yeah I guess they deserve all the success that they're getting because they are talented songwriters and they do write very engaging music like when i hear a coldplay song i'm like fuck that's good <laughs> i know i know right no wonder every person in the history of history covers their songs <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah but we'll see it's so daunting because like uh, i've mentioned this over and over again and maybe i won't fucking shut up about it but it's like the path that we're on is less traveled and there's like uncertainty to it, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, so it's just kind of hard to know like what the future is going to hold. Like we have these songs coming out, uh, sometime in February and we're hoping that it's something that will allow us to reach a wider audience and that people can engage with it and have their own relationship with it. Um, but there's just so much uncertainty cause you never know. So you can't work up yourself with any kind of expectation cause then that's how you get disappointed but ultimately, I'm really excited for people to hear these songs who already like us because I think it's going to show a lot of our growth. Like, if you listen to Balcony Bridge's first album, um, you can tell that it is our first album. <laughs> mm. um, um, but shout out to uh, Radio from North Node Noise because he produced that album and paid for everything for us to be in the studio and allowed us to give our fans a full album when we were a band for like three months, which is fucking nice. unheard of. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's nice, but sometimes it's rough to listen to, but I think it's kind of cool because it captures us in that time, you know? Um, but again, I'm really excited for these new songs to come out so people can hear how we've grown um, so have you grown style wise or like maturity and the lyrics or like what you're singing about? What's the what's the newness, you know, or like what are you nervous about? Definitely one. The production value is way higher. OK. You know? um, during our first album, we very much romanticized the idea of full band tracking and recording everything as once. Damn. Uh, or as one. Um, and that's great. But I think that we underestimated whatever our capabilities or, or we overestimated what our capabilities were because we weren't tight enough for that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of like a big wake up call for us at that time is we thought we were really good. And then when we heard what came out of the studio, it was like, OK, maybe we aren't that good. so i think we've become tighter as a band and like we've grown as players and i think we perform much better and i think that's going to show in these tracks and like julian's vocals it's the best that i've ever heard um jack's drumming is really tight jacob's bass playing has grown so much since um since he started playing with it like 
the same when we met Jacob, he was playing bass for about two years. So he's doubled his amount of bass experience by being in this band. Right. You know, so I think that's one way that we've uh, grown a lot. And then me actually writing solos instead of just going crazy like Jimi Hendrix and doing whatever the fuck. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think it's just like in all facets of becoming more professional and, and taking things a little bit more seriously and, and, uh, and yeah, and like the songs that we have now, I think in the arrangement of the songs and the quality of songwriting, I think is just very much improved. Um, nice. yeah, that's a good feeling. It is a good feeling. You know, it's, it's nice to be like. That's what I'm saying. It's it's nice that we can look back on that first album and mm-hmm. take it for what it is and that time in our lives and that time as for the band and its life and then with this new stuff that's going to be coming out two years later. Um, that's one of the biggest things I'm most excited about is for people to see the growth. Yeah, and, for sure. And hopefully it's uh, going to be received well by our current audience and hopefully we reach a newer audience and dude, hopefully we're fucking playing Climate Pledge Arena Hell yeah. <laughs> at some point, you know, opening for some bands going on tour. But yeah, do you have like a, because when I talk about how, you know, it's like an unclear path to reach that stadium level, you know, um, do you have an idea of like a path to take or a strategy, if you will, a business plan? Of course, I don't think I quote unquote know the answer to that question. If I did and everyone did, we'd be somewhere else. But I do think it's about um, building a good team around you. Uh, I think it's a lot about who you know and who that team knows, but you have to have the product to back. Like if you want to get to that level of arena rock, you have to be playing arena rock. You have (laughs) to be good. You have to be mainstream level. Um, you have to be writing material that that amount of people is going to relate with and want to hear. Um, and it doesn't mean that it has to sound the same as all the other things, right? right? It could be different. It's just like, how are you going to market it? How are people going to relate to you? How are you going to have a brand that that many people are going to be interested in that somebody who is already at that level is going to see and say, okay, like I want to bring you with me. You're going to also elevate what I'm doing. Like if you're opening for someone say, right. um, but I do think, Long answer, short, the path there, I think, is a grind. I think it is continuing to just build yourself incrementally, show by show, venue by venue. Um, Talk about gaining patience. exposure. Yeah. Right? Yeah, which is something, like, I don't have. Don't have. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, dude. I get so impatient. But recently, I've been more inclined to, like, try to let go, you know, and just be, like, trust the process or whatever, I don't know. I'm getting stressed thinking about it now, but yeah, um, like I wanted these songs that we're working on to be out in January and I'm like, that's not going to happen. So just let it go. And if you're like me, it is hard because especially if you're like me and you have something that you want to do, it becomes a vision and you want to execute it. And then forever, whatever reason it doesn't happen, you know, whether it's out of your hands or whatnot, like it's very frustrating. Yeah. And then it can kind of rule. You become obsessive over over it and you're like, I got to, make this happen exactly how I saw it in my head or whatever. So I don't know. I think it's also a beautiful thing that this path can just grow you as a human because these are things that everyone needs to learn as a person is just yeah. be like, 
things aren't going to work out exactly how you expect them to. And you got to let go of certain things and be okay with whatever the outcome is because it might not be what you set out to be, but I'm going to be fucking playing those arenas and like all those big festivals. and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that will happen, but it might not just look like how I think it's going to look like, but it will be happening. Dude, that's, that's the name of the game though. I, if I've learned like one thing, it's to have, um, how do you say it like expectations that are the opposite of perfection like nothing I feel like nothing ever goes the way that you planned it to at least like for me in music just down to down to little things like like I never expect to show up to a show and just like play it like oh I got there and I played and that was easy like there's always going to be like some kind of trip up I feel like there's always like whether it's like something happened and now you have to push your release back a month there's just like things around every corner Mm -hmm. um and I've learned to just like expect that even though like I I will admit you know I'm not always like the best you know I'll still be surprised or something uh but I'm learning to expect that and you know just like be ready for challenges yeah like constantly yeah constant curveballs like small small even but it's just I feel it's like constant yeah, it was strange. I saw this band that called All Them Witches, and it was like right when the pandemic was kind of winding down. It was my first big show. It was at Showbox, mm-hmm. and the guitar player just lost his tone, like, or he just lost signal, and he right, wasn't playing anymore. Like and I was yeah. like, "Well, it's crazy. This is a band on tour who like has their shit together. Like, they're almost as pro as it gets. You know, like, yeah. of course, they can keep growing and growing, but." But still, I was like, wow, like even at that level, like you could just suddenly your guitar cuts out, and you have no idea why. Like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's oh the worst gosh. when that happens, like when you suddenly like can't hear something and you're like, uh, and the song is still going and you're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, um, concerts back from COVID, my, it just made me think my first concert back from the COVID times was the Hello Mega tour with Green Day, oh. Fall Out Boy and Weezer. Damn. And they played oh, my at went to that. T-Mobile Park. Yeah. Or is it? Is it T-Mobile now or Safeco now? I can never remember. Whatever uh, the baseball one is. Uh, it's T-Mobile, okay. yeah. Yeah, T-Mobile. Um, man, talk about an inspiring concert. That was like before I started getting into music. And honestly, after that concert, I was like, I just have to do that. Like, I went mainly for Fall Out Boy. Cool. Secondly for Weezer. And probably last for Green Day. Even though I grew up on Green Whoa. Day. Green Day's great. Um, I was like in seventh grade trying to call all the radio stations to win like American idiot tickets. Um, I was obsessed, but I, in my head figured that green day might be, I don't know, a little washed up. I hate to use that term, but I figured, you know, they've been doing it forever. They might not be that into it, but that was one of the best performances I've ever seen. Um, Billy Joe Armstrong is an absolute hero of, performing and entertaining and I was so inspired after that the way that he like controlled a crowd um all of his movements the energy that he had for the two or three hours that they played was so awesome and after that I was like I have to be a rock star so what do you have like any inspirational concerts yeah I do like that um well just the other day uh we went to Barboza you were there um and I was like I saw you walk by. I'm like, oh, I need to make sure I introduce myself to her, but I didn't see you again. Nice. But yeah. Uh, Good job. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Henry Mansfield, like that show really blew me oh, away. Oh, yeah, I was there. And the way that he writes songs is very uh, impressive and is really good music. 
We'll pause for a second. What's up, contractor guys? We heard that you're gonna be coming through. So excited that we're not just like getting robbed or something. <laughs> they got a key to the place. <laughs> yeah, they easily broke in. Wait, did my phone die? Is that what you're saying? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Dang, you are just up on storage everywhere, man. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> Yo, iCloud's like five ninety nine a month, dog. Dude, literally <laughs> earlier today, like I was like, okay, yeah, let me move all my photos to iCloud. And then I clicked the button, move it to iCloud, and nothing happened. And I was like, I don't really care that much right now to figure this shit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they kind of make it a pain in the ass. So I feel yeah. you. I feel so, you. Yeah, I'll figure it out at some point. You're good to go when you get ready. Thanks. Cool. I think the weird thing about like phone storage is I have literally like thousands of pictures on there and I'm like, I'm never going to look at these again. Oh my gosh. That, let's play a game. Guess how many photos are saved on my phone. Okay. How long have you had that phone? Well, the phone's newer, but, but the photos, over. yeah. Oh, okay. And so, Shit. so just take a guess. 3,000. No. More or less. What's the over under? 3,000. <laughs> 3,000? No, you, you guessed 3,000? Yeah. You're way under. Oh! <laughs> is it seven? Nope. Twelve? Nope. Is it more? It's more. Dang. It's more. So 27,000? I have uh, 78,000 pictures. And Spending like how much time? 8,000 videos. Holy shit. Right here. Right on this phone. Right right here it's 78,000 photos yeah Fuck. um but most of that's hosted in the cloud well so apparently it apparently it's like I, I can't tell because you're right it's <laughs> like i can literally scroll through 80,000 pictures yeah. but i think it's also on icloud i think i pay like 9.99 a month so if it's not i would be kind of pissed but that's a business um, right there like something to do with all of those photos yeah i like i have always liked having all my photos on my phone though like mm -hmm. easily accessible like yeah. do i go back and use it like sometimes like sometimes i will be like remember this moment where you looked like an idiot and i took a picture of it ha <laughs> <laughs> and then bring it up or like <laughs> it exists yeah yeah so i love being able to do that i mean that's like that's a great you know party trick or whatever um but just because we we're talking about storage i was like you know what i have a ridiculous amount of photos on my phone that so i figured insane. we played a game and you came I've in way under well, so dude, yeah i only have like 1500 <laughs> or something like that and i thought that was a lot i remember when i crossed over a thousand i was like damn like i'm taking all these photos wow <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> well congratulations that's uh that yeah it's that's quite that's an accomplishment thank you thank you i've been waiting to be recognized for that one it's, it's pretty significant i'd say but yes, concerts that, what I like to say, like ignite your pilot light and just really move you and like juice you up with uh, ambition mm. um, has happened a few times, not all the time. The first time that it happened, I remember I was like 13 or 14 and my dad and my mom took me to the show down in Austin. Uh, it was at this place called Antones. And uh, we were going to see this band called Jonathan Tyler and the Northern Lights. Shout out, JT. <laughs> and um, that was the first time that I'd ever seen like a real professional band in a club uh because at 13 years old you can't get into shit like that you yeah. can't see that and when you're in that intimate environment and they're throwing this huge sound at you like it it just moved me so much i'd never witnessed something like that i didn't even know that it was a thing um and each player like these were like grown-ups in like their mid-20s or something like that um so to me they just look like i don't know superhuman and because they all had like their own personas and they're super talented and the music was huge um, so that 
floored me and i i remember that so much um and that was like one of the first bands that i was super about and i was following them for a while and uh, that band has actually had like an interesting arc because they signed a record deal with Atlantic and it was a 360 deal and they just got fucked completely. And so it's kind of interesting where it's like, wow, I saw this band that changed my life. That was amazing. They should be playing stadiums. They should be playing all over the world. They'd wow people in any crowd. But then for them to like get bogged down by the music business side of things yeah. and that kind of like derailed their career and their success. I remember like having dinner with one of the guitar players and he's like, yeah, I mean, we borrowed a hundred grand to do this first album to go on tour and shit from the record label. Yeah. I remember he said, if it sounds like a lot of money, it is. <laughs> and they couldn't pay that back with their first record. So yeah. they were just kind of fucked and we're in like a lockout period because of the 360 deal. So it's kind of interesting. I've always kind of like kept that experience in my back pocket where it's like, wow, like you can have it all. You, you could play for any crowd and, and wow them and move people's hearts. And then the music business could just take all of that away. Could screw you. Yeah. It could totally screw you, you know? Um, so definitely that's cool that you were like, not for me. I'm not working for a record label. No, thanks. Right. Right. Um, right. But I'm sure there are labels out there that can help um, people. But I think in my understanding of things is like a record label isn't going to come to you until you have already put yourself in a position where you probably don't even need it. You know, potentially, I think it still happens both ways. I do think it's about like, I think, and it's not to like, uh, what am I trying to say? I think that there's good deals and bad deals and you just have to know what yes. a good deal is and what a bad deal is. And you have to have like people who all around you who also know what a good deal and a bad deal is. And, um, I'm not saying that I know what a good deal or a bad deal is, but oh, I know um, a good deal. Well, how about you write? Yeah, us you a give me all the money and then I owe you then, nothing. Yeah, dude. Yes, dude. Said, that's a good yeah, ass yeah, deal. Yeah, Maybe no. we should start a record label and see how that <laughs> Wait, works out. Like, uh, and it's just called Good Ass Deal Records. Good ass deal. <laughs> I went on down to Good Ass Deal Records and I made myself an album. And look at me now, I'm famous. That's what <laughs> that's what our artists will say. <laughs> yeah. Um, we make dreams come true. <laughs> for free <laughs> for free I love yes that. i love good ass deal records they're my favorite they save my life yeah, yeah. uh yeah wow great ideas mm -hmm. great ideas yeah um anyway i do think it's something i thought about like how can a record label help you i think that they can help you i think that you do have to be at the point where you need one thing i think about music in general is like I know that this isn't true for everyone and this will never happen for everyone and some people are different, but I do think that you should know your business, which is you, like you and your music is your business. You should know it. You should know what you want to do with it. You should know how you would run it if nobody was there to help you. Uh, bef like before you let people in to come and control it. Right. Um, because if you don't know, and it's the same in like any business world, like if I was starting a startup in technology or fashion or anything, it, the same thing would happen. Like if you don't know what you want, if you don't already know how to manage it, if you don't already know how to create the product, um, if you don't know how to control it and you don't know how to drive it, people are just gonna come in and like bulldoze you or yeah. like you're not gonna have anything to leverage. They're gonna, you know, wave $100,000 in your face when really $100,000 like, it's a, it can be a lot or it cannot be a lot. It depends on where it goes and how you spend it. That's right. True. Um, that can be like a hundred songs or it could be eight songs. Right. Like it, and yeah, it's just like, um, it's, it's almost like arbitrary the amount, but 
what it is is like the deal and the terms and if you know how to read them and if you know what you're going to get out of it or what decisions you're going to make or still going to be able to make so yeah. i just think it's important that artists of any type or people starting any type of business like know how to run their business before they try to let somebody else do it yeah and i think again like that kind of tracks back to what i was saying earlier how like this path uh allows itself to teach you these lessons in life so i think that you can become a much more well-rounded human being right like we yeah. talked about how it can teach you something as small as patience but they can also teach you the sense of what you just said where you don't get taken advantage of by people because you got to know what you want and what you need and how things work for you. Yeah. Otherwise people are going to come in and they're going to tell you what those things are. Right. And we've experienced that a little bit with uh, this producer we're working with right now. Larson, you're fucking great and you're making it sound <laughs> awesome, but it is, it's like, if we don't bring our own ideas, nice to what one. we want to do, <laughs> then he's going <laughs> to bring his close. ideas and then no, what? Hey, <laughs> I've told him multiple times. He's making us sound great. <laughs> um, but, but that's the thing that we were talking about, you know, it's like, Oh, we'll say, oh, yeah, we're down to do some percussion stuff. But if we don't have any ideas and he's going to be the one right, doing yeah, all the yeah. ideas and then it's like, well, we don't like what he came up with. It's like, well, then now, you know, next time, like if you want to do something, then you need to have like ideas for it. Right. Right. For um, sure. And and sometimes you only get that through experience. And that's yeah. and that's OK. As long as you learn and adapt. Sometimes you're going to get rolled. Yeah, <laughs> I think I mean, that's part of any process. But yeah. Sometimes you are. Sometimes you're going to get a bad deal. Sometimes yeah. you're going to get a good deal. Exactly. But only good deals at Good Ass Deal Records. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Shameless <laughs> plug. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, that's something that I am choosing to use to remind myself of, of like why I haven't gotten the things that I want yet. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you know? Santa will bring them for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like um, why I'm still having to work like a fucking wage job and, you know, owe my time to somebody and why I'm not successful as a musician in the sense that, you know, I can live off of a very comfortable salary and vacation for as long as I want, whenever I want. Speaking it to the universe, let's go. Um, <laughs> but it's like because, you know, there's certain steps that you have to do. You have to grow a little bit. If things happen too fast and it, it can implode, you know, or if yeah. somebody comes up with like a golden ticket or what looks like something really nice, but it's really just bells and whistles and then you get rolled. It's yeah. like, you know, these are all things that you need to be aware of. And I choose to believe that the universe is always rooting for you. You know, I like that. Yeah. Um, it's very happy. It, it is. But then I think at the same time for someone like me, if I'm going to believe that, then I also have to believe that, it works for everybody. So even people who have malicious intent, the universe is rooting for them. Fuck that. Whoa. Back it up. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> we are the universe experience itself and the universe is like, yeah, baby, give me it all, you know? So yeah. Damn. Yeah. But for something that's like so long term and requires like so many pieces to come together, it's that's where like the commitment and time and effort and consistency really comes in, you know, like pursuing a career in music. Yeah. Um, anyway, what do you want 2024 to look like? You're dropping this, these, these songs, you know, you want to be playing shows in certain places. You want to go on tour? What's up? Yeah, I really want to go on tour. I think I make a lot of my fans um, in person and I love playing shows. I love performing. Um, I love going places. I love meeting people. Um, last year I did or this year, just earlier this year, I did a tour and uh, just a, a lesson. Never listen to people who tell you that you can't do anything. Yeah. I had played a few. I had played literally a few shows and I had been doing music for a few months and I decided I want to go on tour. 
so I did. Yeah. And that's literally, it's not like that easy. It was difficult. You have to spend money. And luckily, like I was able to spend money and go play shows um, and book them. But a lot of people were like, oh, you can't tour. You don't even know what you're doing. Like, oh, you're going to do this, blah, blah. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to do this. And uh, who are those people out them right now? Yeah, no. They know, they know who they are. Ooh, that sounded bad. They know who they are. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did that, and it was, like, really cool, and I want to do it again and 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 again, baby. Yay. 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 Dude, tour is so much fun. Yeah. Like, it really, I think, offers a chance for you to, like, bond with your bandmates. Like, last night after practice, we just went and got some beers, and that was the first time that we had just hung out as a group without instruments really and it, yeah because it, dude like this thing it is like a business it is like having another True, job yeah. like we commit at least three days a week uh several hours hours a day to just play music and focus on music and the things we're trying to do that it doesn't leave as much space for like just being social with each other mm-hmm. um so whenever we went out and had beers last night it was so much fun because we actually just got to be friends with each other yeah and it reminded me of when we were on tour and being goofballs and just like fucking silly as fuck (laughs) yeah Uh, Yeah. but it's so good to like have that camaraderie you know where it's like and especially when you're on tour and you're traveling like you feel like you're on top of the world because you're like one i got people next to me that are allowing me to be like my highest self you know and i can do whatever and not feel self-conscious or just be who i am and then we're doing the thing that we love which is playing music for people Mm -hmm. um so yeah tour is sick where did you tour to um i went to new york city damn and that was real fun. Um, I went to San Diego and Anaheim and Long Beach and Portland, Vancouver and Seattle. Vancouver is beautiful. I love Vancouver. I usually yeah. go there like once a year just for funsies. Uh, usually for my birthday, actually. Oh, nice. So oh, but this year you're going to fucking Paris. Oh, I know. Dude. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, usually I just take like a drive up to Vancouver, do a little birthday um, birthday sushi. They have the best sushi in Vancouver. Wow. I don't know if you know this. I don't I know if you're into sushi, that. but Miku Sushi, plug for you guys. It's like the best shit I've ever tasted. Um, but no, Vancouver is so cool. I always feel like like... One, I would live there if it wasn't Canada and, and I could just like live there. Mm-hmm. Um, two, it's like weird that it feels even more off into the corner of something because it is like to me, it feels like like, wow, I'm truly in the corner of the mm. continent here. Yeah. Like I'm far away. Like in Seattle, I still feel like generally close to things. But, like once I cross that border, I'm like, I'm in Canada. I'm like in like if I keep going, there's nothing out there. So <laughs> oh, like, yeah, yeah it's just That's like so true. That's I'm like out edge. in the corner. This is like it, man. Yeah. This is it. It's Vancouver. This is it. And it's, it's a great place. It's a great too. place. Yeah. Food is really good up there. People are really cool. Um, I also really like how they have the HOV lane on the right side. I think it just makes sense. They have, they just have things that like make sense up there. I did not pick up on like, that. Like the lights like flash before they're going to turn so that you know if there's like pedestrians waiting to oh, use the right, crosswalk. Right. Just like little things that like make sense. You know? <laughs> like oh, nice yeah. little things no, to have. Not in America. Like the <laughs> healthcare. They have like healthcare there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like the little things. Yeah. How'd you pull off the show in New York? Did you just fly out there for like a weekend or something like that? So my... Uh, this whole tour was all thanks to my wonderful sibling for graduating college this past year um, in Philly. So I had to make the uh, dreaded, I mean, really looked forward to a trip to Philly mm-hmm. for this graduation. Um, but 
I've spent a lot of time in New York. I have a lot of friends there. And so it's an hour train right away. I'm obviously going to go to New York, visit my friends, hang out there, then go oh, to yeah. Philly just for the graduation. And I was like, if I'm going somewhere, I might as well be making it about, you know, music. I might as well be trying to do something. And I have a friend who's a drummer in New York who's like, I'm totally down if you were to come to, to like drum with you. Um, and then Dylan was already coming to play guitar. Um, and I was like, okay, my bassist can either come or we can find one, whatever. And I was just like, I'm gonna see if I can book a show. I'm just gonna see if I can book a show in New York. And if I can, we'll do it and that'll be like real cool. And uh, I did, so I was like, okay, well I can't just like do one. Um, so I actually did two shows in New York. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, but then I was like, I can't just do like these two shows and like not try to do this elsewhere. And then a lot of things came together and we were able to do it in California and Portland and the Vancouver thing. And so, and Seattle, of course. Um, and so I just like made a thing out of it and it was fun as hell. That's pretty badass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was fun. And like, I was so fortunate. Um, this sounds braggy but I promise that it's not I was so fortunate to have like people come to these shows yeah like it was really really awesome um and I actually met a lot of people and I met a lot of bands that I really liked mm -hmm. um just I met so many cool people like at these shows and it was so fulfilling and I don't know it I it was a really awesome experience like it it really truly was it was cool. And I mean, it wasn't without stress. It wasn't without, you know, all those little things like I was talking about earlier, yeah. like something's going to go wrong. Keep we showed real. up to the <laughs> first place. Yeah. And so my 10th show ever was at the Bowery Ballroom in New York. And um, like, uh, honestly, I learned that in Seattle, we're like really spoiled with venues. Like we yeah. have like legit venues here. We have great sound people. We have great monitors. Like the venues are nice. The people are friendly. We showed up into New York and like people were great, whatever, but there was like no monitors. Damn. And, um, you know, I was like, Oh, I just bought like this in-ear thing. I'm ready Hell to yeah. use it. And there's like no monitors, no way to use that, uh, dark room with like one little light on the stage. Oh, and I had shown up not dressed, like no makeup on, just not ready. Cause I was like, I'm just gonna get ready there. Yeah. Got a lot of stuff to bring. They had a bathroom that was pitch black no light what the fuck? um the light was out and even when they did have a light they said it was just like a little red light bulb in the corner so i had to like use my like phone flashlight and this like tiny mirror you know what i mean it was it's just creepy. like i had like all these expectations and whatever yeah. and you just get somewhere and it's like oh my god what am i gonna do um it's the curious thing about but, the road is how it surprises you like yeah that. yeah it just it all ends up great and uh it was so fun and uh it was so cool because i have a bunch of friends in new york and they had all been like so curious about me playing music because one thing was that I, I never played music before this right so when I started playing music people are like what like literally people are like you do that wait what is this what are you you're playing music like you're gonna play music now how when why um it's so cool it's like an ace up your sleeve that people didn't know about yeah and like, yeah what? and people so I feel like it, it made me like kind of not not like um not like nervous at first but it it was hard it was hard to get over that hump because at first I didn't realize that like people didn't people didn't get it and when I started to realize like oh people don't understand like even like my best friends were like I don't I don't get it like mm. you're gonna become a rock star now all of a sudden <laughs> like I thought you were gonna be like a CEO of a company and like do all this like right. tech shit I was just like no I don't think so um but it didn't it, it was hard for me to figure out like do I need to do something about that do I need to like 
is this like an issue I need to fix? Um, but uh, so that was like kind of like a struggle for me at first. Like even like my family was like, oh, what? Like you're playing music? Like that's good for you. Yeah. Um, and even I don't even think that like my dad like understands like how seriously I'm taking it. Like I told him like um, the other day just about some stuff or like, you know, going to record some more music and whatever. And he's like, oh, like you're still doing that. <laughs> I'm like, Damn. Yeah. Um, because it's not something that I've been like ever been doing or people something that people thought I was like going to want to pursue. Um, it can also take, I think family a little bit of time to adjust um, yeah. because it's, it's something that's a little bit out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I saw this David Bowie quote. It was like a little video and he's like, yeah, you got to be absolutely insane to be doing this. It makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Cause no, it's crazy. I agree. Right? I agree. Like, what we're doing is crazy. We get up on stage and like we perform and like dump our hearts out in front of people. Yeah. and like hope that they enjoy it. And we put all this work into something that's so uncertain, you know? Right. But it's, is very rewarding and it's what we love and uh sure if that makes us crazy i don't want to be sane no for real i know i've been thinking lately about how um i feel like it's really been hitting me about like we do all this crazy stuff and put in all this work this sounds so depressing but it's been on my mind lately so i'm curious to hear your thoughts we put in all this work to basically like put all of this literal work and time and effort and money to put it out there for free because like music is basically free now like people aren't going to go buy your 15 dollar album anymore um if they are that's like really cool but although i I think i have a song on itunes for like 99 cents so damn (laughs) but it's like weird we're putting all of this work into this thing that's free um and it's it's i don't know just something i've been thinking about lately like how do like how do we well, for one, as artists, it means that we have to find other ways to, like, monetize our talents yeah. and our efforts. And a lot of that is either going to be touring and along with that is, like, merch. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can get, like, some money from streaming if you're ginormous. But you have to do other projects, whether you're figuring out some, like, other vertical within the art space to get into to make money yeah. or songwriting or producing or whatever. Um, which, again, is still, like, its own kind of verticals in a way. Um, but yeah, I've been feeling like lately, like, damn, like I wish that I was putting out this thing that was like physical that people were going to go buy, you know, but they're not, I'm just going to put it out. It's just going to be there for free. Basically. It's kind of crazy. Well, there are ways though, like, uh, an online store, I think is huge. That, that is also something that can help a lot if you You have like the traffic, you know, like you're saying, Um, that's something that I've been looking at doing because it's always there and you never know. Like, I mean, I I don't know. I know, I think you have a decent amount of people following you on Instagram. I don't know what the number is. Uh, Um, well, I know your Spotify number is like 13,000 listeners, right? Yeah. Like it's really good, you know? So on there you can sell your merch and I mean, what's 1% of 13,000, like 1300, something like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, maybe that's 10%, fuck 130. So if 130 people, buy merch from you just because they found you on Spotify or whatever. Like that's pretty significant. Yeah. And you can always have like, there's sites that will do like print to order. So like somebody orders it and then that company prints it and ships it out. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do that currently. Okay. So, so yeah. So then, Hmm. Yeah. So you're, you're really a glass half full type of guy is what What? I'm getting from this. (laughs) Oh, me? Optimistic? Yeah. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, we're doing this for me. You're like, no, we're not. Look at all these things you could do. You stupid idiot. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but like in general, I do think it's really interesting where the music industry has gone. Um, 
and the need to just I've been thinking a lot lately about like this need for people to fulfill this algorithm and again I don't know if this is like on your mind or not but like putting out a song every four weeks and like it's like maybe or you know every x amount of weeks just to like fulfill some algorithm that's just going to like honestly at the end of the day like make Spotify money um and I don't I don't know it's like I wonder how it affects kind of how we view what we do or the art and like if, if things like move too fast or like I miss the days where it's like I couldn't wait for someone to like put out an album but now you have to put out like you so go many buy singles the CD Best <laughs> yeah and you have to put out so many singles and stuff and like that's fun too and it's it's not even like I don't know I don't have like an issue with that I just wonder like how it affects kind of the whole process of like what we're putting out or it's definitely I don't even know if I have an I mean, answer. It's just something no, no, I've been no, like no. thinking I, about. No, I hear what you're saying. Like giving away your art for free is really tough. And there's people who will say things like, oh, you should never give your stuff away for free, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we're a band that just plays on the park. <laughs> you know? Dude, I love that about you guys, though. That's like the first time that I um, heard about you. I think I want to say... I want to say Liv posted something like I had just met Liv mm-hmm. at my first ever open mic. Shout out to Liv Victorino episode two. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right? <laughs> episode two. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I had just met her and I think she posted a video of you guys performing at Green Lake. And I was like, who the fuck are these guys? This is like <laughs> awesome. Like what people do this. Um, tangent, tangent side story sorry to diverge um it just like reminds me like of like seeing you guys play in green lake and i was like wow people do this and i hadn't been in the music scene before i had never been in a music scene i had wanted to get into a music scene i had been thinking about it but i didn't know what kind of people it would be i didn't know how hard it would be like i didn't know what even that meant and so i went to my first open mic i met Liv victorino at that open mic and she seemed so cool because she is obviously yeah and um she had said that she was playing a house show the next night mm-hmm. and I was like what a house show I've only been to like one of those ever in Nashville and it was so cool I want to go to another one so I asked her for the address I went it was so cool it was in the U district um and she was playing with Vanilla Abstract and the Carries, who I fucking love and uh but this was like the first time I'd ever seen any of those bands ever seen live and uh oh my god it was just so fun like all these like college kids like just having an absolute blast and anyway that and then like a couple days later paired with like you guys playing at green lake i was like whoa this is cool like this exists out here i didn't even i've lived in seattle for seven years at this point like almost six years at this point and i had never i'd never heard about house show i'd never seen a band performing at green lake um it just there was something about like that night the open mic then the very next night i went to this house show saw live saw these awesome bands vanilla abstract and the carries and i was like i gotta weasel my way into this somehow i don't know how but i'm gonna do it yeah and um anyway sorry so back to yeah like that you talking about playing in the park so cool that you guys did that and it was honestly like a little inspiring moment part of my story Mm -hmm. which is why i feel like i know you in some way because like i feel like you were one of the first bands that i had followed and i think i had like reached out to you guys about something and um oh we did try to get a show together yeah i just feel like we've like i've like always like known you somehow Uh which is why it's funny because it's like yeah we just met but i i don't know i'm like balcony bridge was one of the first bands that i like followed i feel like no it's cool i think that's like one of the beautiful things about community it's Mm -hmm. like you're kind of adjacent to each other so it's like even though you haven't met yet it's like well we kind of know each other right because 
we're like we know the right. same people and yeah. we're, we're like at the same places at the same time but we haven't met yet um but yeah i do remember that now i think it was like last year towards the end of the year we tried to like get a show together and it just didn't come together but that means that we've got to do something in the future that means you know yeah um are there any bands in seattle that you're excited about right now um yes I mean, I love the carries. I think they're so cool. Do you know the carries? I don't know. But shout you know out Vanilla carries? Abstract because they actually got us, uh, Erica, she got us our first show here at Cafe Racer. Nice. And she put us in the headlining slot too. So that was huge. Thank you, Erica. And that was like an amazing night. We had just finished recording our album and then we played to like a really awesome crowd here at Cafe Racer. Yeah. And um, yeah, Vanilla Abstract. Erica, she's a homie. Erica's so cool. I just played with her on Friday. Um we played a show at Barboza and it was a goth Christmas theme show and she went all out cause she's cool as shit. And she did like a full white out outfit, like the opposite. She did, she went like opposite goth and did like white makeup with like this like deathly looking stuff on her face. It just looks so cool. Dude, and I was no, like, you're yeah, so cool. Like I you're just it. so fucking cool. Um, yeah. Huge shout out to vanilla abstract. Um, but I think the carries kick ass. Uh, I just love seeing the carries perform. They were like one of the first local bands I ever saw perform. Um, saw them at Cap Hill Block Party again this year, and they're just so entertaining. Like Did whatever. Did you do something for Cap Hill Block Party? Yeah. Was it at Barboza or mm-hmm. Nemo's? Okay, hell yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Um, it was a blast. Uh, yeah, that that was also wild. I was like, holy shit! Like my one of my goals was to play Capitol Hill Block Party. I never thought that that would happen this year um it was fun um but uh yeah carrie's so entertaining to watch those guys just like tear up the stage they're they're just like they're so good um also my friends in lightweight champion another band um more like ballard scene i guess okay i know you and Liv were like talking about neighborhoods and like what's going on in them right um but uh yeah my friends in lightweight champion they're just stellar talented dudes um aaron spieldiner is like the main songwriter and like lead man of lightweight champion and he masters all my music he's super talented but i'm just like a huge like fangirl of him and his songwriting too i think he's an amazing songwriter um and you know what? I'm going to give a shout out to my really good friend, Bobby, in Townsend Solitaire, too. Um, one thing that I think about constantly is, like, people in Seattle are just, like, trying to do, like, different shit, which I really like. Um, I think, I feel like Liv had, like, a different perspective. And her perspective and, like, wherever she's, like, getting a lot of her insights she's like you know a lot of people are trying to do the same thing that was already done um but bobby in townsend solitaire is like trying to make chamber folk a thing which is really cool he has like a he has like a mini orchestra chamber but like writes like guitar driven emo music but then like arranges it for this like mini orchestra with like cello and flute and clarinet and piano and like he performs this it's just so different it's so unique to him and it's like props to that because it's just like so different and unique and Mm -hmm. that's so cool and we have this really cool scene in seattle where you could be different and unique and you're still gonna be recognized for being like insanely talented and good at what you do and like have a space for that and people aren't gonna be like boo this is different um i love that um yeah it's there's so many there's so many good bands here there's so like everybody everybody's so good 
it's, are, it's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. There's so much talent and there's so much happening every night. I'm just really hoping that, you know, as uh, things continue to develop, you know, as like we get further and further from the memory of the pandemic, yeah. that people become more engaged with what's going on in the scene. And it can be this thing that fans and artists and people who visit Seattle can really take pride in and, and feel like they own like something that they are proud of like yeah. a sports team you know like people take so much pride in their sports team because it represents them and when they win they feel great so i hope that one day soon that can also be the seattle music scene is that people are proud of the music that is being created here and the shows that are happening here and it's yeah. like oh my gosh i am i'm i'm I there too, i'm already yeah. there i'm like like every day i'm like wow we have it really good here i mean mm. i said earlier like we're already spoiled with venues and we're sitting in a venue right now which is also a really nice venue like yeah you're not gonna find this in a lot of other places but mm. um i think i've watched just since i started i feel like i've watched even the venues evolve to be more a part of the local music scene right like I don't know if you get that or if I'm right or if it's just my like newer perspective and it's been there all along, but it really feels like even the venues want to help grow the local music scene and like people are starting to branch out of their usual like places where they would play and play different venues and have the yeah. opportunity to do that. And that just helps you grow and progress and reach a new audience. Mm -hmm. And then it makes room for new people to come in. And yeah, um, like how do we engage? Like there's, I mean, there's so many people who live here, right? Like there's mm -hmm. over a million people that live in Seattle and the surrounding area. It's like, true. That, I know. That's Sometimes I forget. Like how do we get them to drink the Kool-Aid to be like, man, yes, yeah, Seattle the people like outside the music scene. And right. It's awesome. And the music and the things that are happening here are beautiful. And we love that it's a part of Seattle and it makes us happy to be Seattleites. You know? See, I wonder though, okay. And this could just be because I don't know, but like people, so I assume you're saying that because you're like, as you said earlier, people would say that about sports, but are the people who are not into sports, do they feel like that about sports? No, you know what probably I mean? not. No. So is it like, is it like, but, but like is that, it a bad thing that, that people who aren't like into the music scene, like aren't saying that about the music scene? Does that make sense? people who aren't a part of the music scene not talking about it right right yeah, or not being like yeah like but see so is it a problem for sports though or no because sports is so big i mean it's fine because like, of sports but yeah, sports, yeah sports. i think I, I hope that you understand what i'm trying to say though it's like something like the seattle seahawks they have like i don't know tens of thousands of people who follow and right love them right in, in the community i mean if you pull up their instagram there's probably like millions of followers it's like, yeah, well, how oh, do we, definitely. there's millions of people here. How do we get them to engage and be as proud of the music and arts yeah. community here as they are with like something like a sports team, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's something that's totally possible. And the avenue towards that is clear in some ways and maybe in other ways, not so clear because I mean, when I'm talking about an organization like a professional sports team, they have billions of dollars, like, <laughs> you know, so they can afford to reach all those people. It's like, so right. how do we engage all the people who aren't in the community right now to become a part of it as fans and admirers? And then maybe there's some people out there who don't even know that they've got some awesome talent and then they get, no, I mean, it, I know? guess it's like really true because yeah, before I got into the music scene, I just didn't know what existed and like kind of like that story of going to that house show I was like oh my god these happen around here like this isn't just some like thing that happens in Nashville for college students yeah this it was happens, like when like, I saw that show when I was a kid with my parents I was like yeah. I didn't even know this existed right you know? right yeah I get what you're saying um I don't know I think I think it'll happen I 
I, and again, this is because I have nothing to compare it to because I haven't been in the music scene that long, but I do feel like it's gaining momentum. That could be my, like, again, that could just be my perspective, but mm. I do feel like, I mean, people are playing so much. Like, it's it would be hard not to recognize Seattle as, like, a music city almost yeah. at this point or at least like within like the next few years mm. i think last like, episode i, think I did say it's not an industry town it is but not it an is industry a, it town is, it is it's not music. an industry town I, I do think it is a music yeah. city i think that it's got some ways to go before the world recognizes it as a right. music city because a place like austin yeah like people know that's a music town nashville yeah like yeah. they know that worldwide new york city I mean, probably just because it's like New York and Los Angeles, just because they carry the weight just that they because. do as those cities. Just because. Yeah. They're grandfathered in <laughs> yeah. to anything, basically. Literally to anything on earth that exists, New York, LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just fall into every category, you know, they, they cover it all. But that's what I'm hoping for Seattle is like it gets put back on the map as like a globally respected place where good things are happening in its art and culture scene, you know? And yeah. hopefully music is at the forefront of that. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, from what you and I are saying, it's like it's impacted us in such a way. And we see mm-hmm. that it's happening. We see that the momentum towards something like that is happening. And and I just hope that we find more ways to engage people to come into the scene, to be welcomed into it and, and to ha- hopefully have like moving experiences, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. And yeah, it's all about figuring out how to just get people to events and how to have more cool events and hmm, what do we do? How do we, how do we engage people with this thing? <laughs> Maybe through this podcast, they will discover us and find Watch out that we are <laughs> just here. We're ready for you, world. We're ready for you, world. and We're, we're bu- ready to be recognized. <laughs> we're building something beautiful. Like, like cool things are happening, you know, and, and, it, and I just hope that we're able to engage more people and change their lives because like Henry and I were talking last episode, as musicians, as artists, like that's what we do. Like we have the magic power of enhancing the human experience in the moment, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think more people need that. Um, especially with how shitty the fucking world is right now, you know, like people, I think they need live music in their life and they need art and they need culture and togetherness and community. And dude, live music is so fun. It's so much fun. Especially man. when it's just like, ugh. Food, music, (laughs) dancing. Those are like the three things for like people stuff. Like people, humans being humans. Food, dance, and music. Food, dance, music. Music. This podcast should be named Food, Dance, Music. (laughs) Food, Dance, Music. What's happening? You have to like say like your favorite food, your favorite dance, your favorite music. Okay, right now. What is it? What's your favorite food right now? Uh, Grapes. Really? That's like a snack. I don't know. It came to to, (laughs) to, to mind. Okay, cool, cool. I don't know. It was so You rushed me. Uh, (laughs) Grapes. Uh, Dance. Uh, my favorite, wait, how do you even... Uh, what kind of music do you like to dance to? What kind of music do I like to dance to? How do you even... Any music. Like um, <laughs> no, shit. I ruined the... Uh, okay, we'll say... Um, salsa. Woo! Salsa's yeah. fun. Salsa's also I don't know how to salsa, so now I have to learn, because it's my favorite, apparently. <laughs> and favorite type of music? Pop, punk, and emo, baby. Fuck, yeah, dude, I went through that phase, that pop, well... It was a phase for me. Uh, the, pop <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the pop punk oh. phase, dude. I, I didn't grow out of like Blink-182, Fall Out Boy, or uh, All-American Rejects. Um, I just got, that was my little window of time there. But 
But yeah, um, I guess now is probably a good time to start wrapping up. I don't know. I feel like I could just keep talking and talking. Dang, I know. Um, I know, but I don't know. Max, I feel bad here. <laughs> Thank you so much, Max, for being Thanks, here. Max. He's the one doing oh, the cameras. Max fell asleep. So, so Max that, fell so asleep. That people can watch. Um, which is so cool. Thank you for taking this podcast up to that next level so that we can engage with people a little bit more. Thank you again cool. to Jeff and Jody for having us here at Cafe Racer. Um, it's such a beautiful venue. I've got a special place in my heart for this spot. Hannah, you got to play a show here at some point. I know. You know that's got to happen. Cafe Racer is back. It's live. Things are going on. More shows it are happening. It is definitely here and it is definitely open. Do you have any shows coming up in 2024? Oh... TBD. Okay, well, maybe we can do a release show together or something because we're releasing cool. some music. Oh, we yeah. got to figure that out. You're going to be dropping some music. So look out for Balcony Bridge and Hannah Duckworth on the look same out. bill, people. They'll be full dance and music. <laughs> There'll be grapes, salsa, and pop pop. <laughs> <laughs> salsa like dancing, <laughs> and then maybe also like salsa don't, and chips. Don't hold me to that. I just, you know. Uh, wait, you didn't answer. You didn't answer. Oh, food drink. Fuck, she got or food. <laughs> wait, food, dance, music. Favorite food is Italian. For sure. Oh, Wait, man. no, no. You have to pick like something like specific, specific? like a food. Yeah, uh, like a singular food. I really like uh, carbonara. What's that? Uh, it's like a pasta with egg and cheese and bacon. Oh. It's basically like bacon, egg, and cheese. In pasta. a pasta. Okay. Yeah, okay. You know, like McDonald's oh. breakfast. <laughs> okay. Um. So that's really good. Um. What else? Um. Oh fuck! I want to talk to you about London. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, dance. Uh, I really like to dance. Uh, Duran Jones and the Indications is one of my favorite bands. It's like soul music. I'm just like, uh, uh, oh my uh, god. Uh, wait, sorry. Can uh, I? Can, I I, really can we? Can we break off into like a quick tangent here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait. Okay. What's your one more? And then what I'm bringing up it? my tangent. What it's just it? about dancing, Food, but it's okay. Dancing and music. Music. Your oh, favorite music. Yeah, fuck. I guess it all ties in together. My favorite music. Oh, Tame Impala. Yep. I'm that guy. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Kevin Parker. Yeah. No, he's a. Genius. If there was one guy, crazy. Uh, you know, He's crazy. never mind. <laughs> Sorry, back to the dancing thing. I'm gonna change my answer. I, uh, man, yeah, what a Tuesday I had yesterday. Um, got emailed at like 1 p.m. to play a show last night to like jump on this bill. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. for um, an artist named JW Francis. Okay, had never heard of him, mm-hmm. but uh, he's very indie very like indie hippie rock cool ass dude need an opener said cool we'll be there like i'm not like in the indie rock scene right um and yeah that's it i'm not in the indie rock scene i got there these people for this guy specifically like usually i've been to like indie rock i played indie rock concerts and you guys don't like to dance or move your bodies that much at indie rock concerts. Stop so, being so stiff. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> but my whole perspective was changed yesterday. Everyone at this concert was like doing this like shuffling dance to this like indie rock. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is fun as hell. Like, am I? I have I been converted to Indieism? <laughs> like, you're drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, this is crazy. And so my new favorite, my new dance, what I'm picking not salsa is like indie guy dance like what indie all these dance. indie guys were doing uh it was, very, it was very it was very fun it's very fun uh yeah like some guys were just getting it like like touching their feet together I was, like, I was like what's going on here uh this is so different from like you know going to like a a neck deep concert or something um which is a pop punk band uh but 
it it really it really changed my perspective on indie music and you know what they know how to dance so that's yeah. why i'm a pick because i was doing it too and it was fun maybe you might be able to do a little crossover a little pop punk indie yeah vibe, it was you, know? you might be able to yeah it was, yeah bring some fun. of them it was in, fun. You know? anyway Show them so that was i saw this funny if anybody knows what uh i'm talking about what that dance that is put it in the comments right <laughs> put it put it in the comments down below down below <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man yeah. Okay. Well, whenever you got a show, let me know and I'll try to promote it in whatever way I can because cool. I got to come see another one. I mean, the last time I saw you was at Numos and that's like one of the coolest venues the in show Seattle. show rocked. It was so fun. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thanks for coming, by the way. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I had to go. I missed the first one. And then when I saw the second one was up, I was like, all right, I got to be there. Girls who Wendy, let's go. Also, I just want to say there like, will yeah. be more <laughs> like um, I don't want people to think I'm weird because I'm only having girls on my podcast right now, but they're the ones doing shit like. When I'm trying, you know, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, like straight up, like guys, where are you at? Like, where are the guys who are hustling, trying to make shit happen? You know, like, I don't know. It's the ladies of Seattle in the music scene that are really getting shit done. So th- I just want to say again, like, I recognize in that you off the bat from the distance that like you're working hard and you're making shit happen, and it's impressive. And I know that it takes a lot of work. So it is seen and Thank keep you. it up. Uh, you got the dream. You've got the vision. You've got the music. Just keep doing it. And I'm really excited to see you know, what 2024 has in store for you when you release your new music. People listen to Hannah Duckworth on Spotify, follow her on Instagram and check out cafe racer. Come support here. They just reopened. Um, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm fucking stoked for, for next year. I think it's gonna be some hell yeah. And listen to balcony bridge or else (laughs) literally or else. Yeah. You know, yeah. Support. Yeah. Anyway, Hannah, thank it'll you. be worth it though. It'll be worth it. New yes. music, February. Yes, new music coming out. Um, well, well, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, Hannah, thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. It's been a blast, and we'll have to do this again. For sure. Yeah. You know, I'm always out of talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jody. Thank you. And good night. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Oh, wait, hold on. No, this is like the signature now. You got to give me a high five. Oh. Oh, Wait, no, that was bad. That was bad. That was bad. Yeah, I love it. I love it.